0: I mean, the underlying issue of having a more integrated approach to urban logistics and providing the appropriate integrated coherent framework in a city is, uh, is something which we found very interesting to, to research. And we found there that Stockholm is the city with which the highest share of deliveries performed on
1: behalf of other logistics operators. You are listening to Transport for Future, a new podcast series by the Transport Area of the Florence School of Regulation, dedicated to European transport regulation. Stay with us for a deep dive into burning transport sector issues, including digitalization, financing, and the sector's recovery and resilience post-COVID-19. Welcome, everyone, to this new edition of our podcast. Um, today. We have with us Rolf Diemer, he's head of unit of economic analysis and better regulation uh, in DigiMove. MOVE. Um, this uh, unit has just published a study on new mobility patterns in European cities, covering both passengers and logistics. So we have uh, for those of us that enjoy data, it's a kind of a feast of, of data on mobility and logistics in in our cities. Uh, and we thought it would be a great opportunity to to have a podcast the opportunity to discuss with Rolf uh, the content of the study, share it with a broader audience and uh, and uh, yeah, have the opportunity to discuss some of the trends identified in the study. So Rolf, thank you very much for uh, um, joining the podcast and uh, thank you very much for your participation.
0: I would like to thank you very much for giving us this opportunity. As you say, this is a relatively brand new study, I would say. And we believe it's uh, quite innovative and it's truly comprehensive in the sector of uh, urban mobility in both aspects, passenger and uh, logistics, which is why we consider it a quite important uh, achievement, if you like. So we're very grateful to be able to uh, podcast this year and make uh, the transport community familiar with the results.
1: So you refer—it's uh, kind of a new approach, and I, and I share it. But uh, could you—I mean—what was the initial scope? I mean, what what did you intend to get with with this uh, with this new study?
0: I think at the origin of uh, us doing this study, there are two reflections. The first is, of course, that I mean, more than seventy percent of European population is living in cities, towns, suburbs, and it's a growing part of the population living there and at the same time in this in this uh, urban context we see both for passenger transport but also for all sorts of urban logistics a uh, flurry of new developments i mean we we all witness it every day uh, ride sharing ride hailing uh, on passenger mobility, uh, up to the use of steps and whatever they are called. At the same time, delivery services in all uh, type and shape, courier services, e-commerce, having a big impact on mobility in this area. Uh, At the same time, I mean, like the whole transport area, urban transport also needs to make an effort to live up to the objectives of the European Green Deal, of the climate objectives, we need to reduce emissions here also, and bringing this together uh, creates a need to have a grip on what is actually going on, because as I'm saying, we're witnessing all these phenomena, but we found there is no sound databases about what is actually going on, which would uh, allow a more systematic and, if you like, scientific approach to develop policies and to monitor in the first place all these developments. And this is at the origin why we do this study. Um, as I said, the scope is, uh, you were asking uh, one side passenger mobility, uh, there are national travel surveys, they are covering, they exist in 12 member states, also the UK, with different methodologies on, a, on the basis of traditional, very good, traditional travel diaries. I mean, this is really a survey uh, asking real people how they travel and which means of transport they use under various conditions. Here we will cover, we have covered all EU member states and we also extended a little bit the methodology. I mean, not only also these travel diaries in a web-based and telephone-based approach, but we also tried where appropriate where possible to complete this with mobile data, smartphone apps, uh, etc. And that on the basis of one single methodology. So we will have for the first time a survey covering all member states on these areas on based on the same methodology, allowing to develop comparable indicators. And that we see as a real uh, added value of this study. Uh, then,
1: uh, Rolf, for for logistics, if I understand correctly, the approach was a little bit different, right?
0: Well, by the nature of things, it was a little bit different. I mean, the the, the coverage is the same, but we had, of course, to choose a number of representative cities um, uh, that we did, and uh, the type of indicators is is uh, is, is, is also uh, uh, slightly different. But uh, in terms of getting the actual uh, databases uh, we aim at the same type of uh, of, uh, of uh, outcome in terms of harmonized indicators giving the complete uh,
1: picture okay so maybe we can dig a little bit deeper on the uh, analysis as you say we, we can differentiate we, we can start maybe with with uh, mobility with with passenger mobility um I mean we have a very detailed data on the use of private cars and and and, and the, the the kind of the percentage of use of cars against uh, other uh, public transport, shared transport. Um, Yeah, your data confirmed that cars continue to be the most used travel mode for urban and short distance mobility. And and we identified with very precise figures. uh, I mean, the the usual reasons for the uh, use of car. I mean, car is faster, it is more comfortable and sometimes Users claim that there is no alternative, uh, but do you see a trend of change? I mean, in in your figures, I mean, some more advanced cities, something that it might change this this trend? Uh, do do you do see something? Uh, I mean, the, the, a, of a good evolution for less use of the private vehicle?
0: Uh, the short answer is no, but let yeah. me explain. Explain a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. First, it's true. I mean, uh, the, the, the survey provides uh, data on on the use of car, but it goes in it, in quite some detail about about the various distances, per occupancy rates. I mean, even gender di- differentiations, age class differentiation purpose of the trip, fuel type, uh, vehicle type etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, I mean it is it is a rich rich database but at the end of the day perhaps not surprisingly we indeed find that the car remains the most important mode of transport in the urban context with more than 50 percent of the trips you average in urban mobility uh, uh, being, uh, being uh, uh, considered uh, relevant here and for short distance mobility trips I mean going beyond the urban context of 100 kilometers up to 300 kilometers it's it's even it's even it's even higher uh, why did I say it's difficult to establish a trend because we we struggle I mean that was the original reason to do the study because we have no previous study to compare it with <laughs> mm-hmm. there are there, are, there are these national travel service comparison is difficult the methodology and so on and so forth there we can to some extent make a little bit of a of a conclusion in the sense of having a general uh, finding that the average use of car is slightly decreasing. With all precautions, I mean, that we can say uh, on that uh, on that basis. When we look at countries, um, considering the non-car trips, uh, we see in most member states the largest share is actually walking. With the noticeable, not surprising perhaps, exception being the Netherlands. I mean, their biking is, is, mm-hmm. is standing out. Yep. <laughs> and then again, uh, the picture varies really along, uh, a lot uh, among member states. I mean, on the one hand you have Cyprus, the highest share of car trips, 80%. Uh, the lowest actually in Romania, below 30%, uh, and so on. Uh, voilà. That's, that's a little bit the situation. Mm. The political dimension of your question, I mean, is there a trend and what could be the driver? I mean, in in the uh, study we have identified a long list of drivers and uh, related it to the replies of the the people interviewed, uh, which I think is quite informative. You identified indeed the the most, uh, three most important ones. In essence, I would say, as long as these Main factors cited, I mean, comfort, uh, speed, uh, no public transport available, but also costs, and uh, etc. work-related reasons. If those feed factors are not changed, um, it's unlikely that we see a major change in this trend. Of course, the commission on its side is Working with the smart and sustainable mobility strategy, among other things, on initiatives to address the underlying issues. Uh, and uh, it's it's a clear stated objective that we have to have uh, to contribute to healthy and sustainable urban transport with, for instance, uh, beefing up uh, via appropriate financing and via appropriate uh, regulatory mm-hmm. measures, uh, public transport, not only but also.
1: um i I, I thought it was a very good idea. Um, when when making this analysis and and bracing the um, the data to to introduce walking as as a transport mode, particularly at the urban scale, uh, I mean it's it's not that common. Very often it's neglected and and it's just focus analysis and data is just focused on the use of um, yeah transport modes like collective transport, the private car, et cetera. Uh, and I, I think it's very good that walking is included uh, because in the urban, I mean, the scale, it is very common to go from point A to point B walking. So it provides a very good uh, perspective really of how people are, are moving in the city. And, uh, and I think it's also very interesting that you introduce and, and you provide very interesting data on new mobility modes. Um, I mean, can you share with us some of this data on new mobility modes uh, and, in particular, how much are they used? Are are they really getting traction or not so much?
0: Sure. I mean, I I personally find, uh, I mean, there are a few others, but this is one of the most interesting findings that we that we got, because while uh, it seems to be very present in the subjective Perception, at at least in big cities, the use of such mobility forms is not so very widespread. I mean, it's most popular are ride-hailing, ride-sharing, 23, uh, 12 percent of the population are using them, respectively, at EU level. I mean, there are, of course, differences among member states. Uh, Other forms of services uh, are used less frequently, Uh, I mean, in the sense that uh, Uh, a very big part of the population is not using them, is is not using them. Uh, As I said, the studies, the survey was digging quite deep. We also see uh, who is using them. Uh, It's more men than women. It's more the age class of 15 to 20 years old. And uh, in that respect, uh, yeah, New mobility modes are increasing, but uh, they're not as present as one might think, uh, based on subjective perception. That's what mm-hmm. I take out of the
1: findings. Yeah, yeah, we probably we, we tend to talk too much about the the, the latest thing, and, and and yeah, it's probably that in in the public discussion, it, we we tend to give maybe a little bit of a distortive um, perspective. Uh, I I was also, I mean, I'm surprised maybe, but I mean also confirm with some of the figures uh, in terms of all these um, shared fleets of bicycles, scooters, uh, and even cars. I mean, even if you look at the deployment, sometimes it's not so wide in coverage, particularly for, uh, uh, I mean, it's wider for bicycles, but not so much for cars. And and the volume of cars in these fleets, it's it's rather small. So it's not surprising that the the percentages are not very high in terms of usage. Well, but I think it's a good point that, I mean, bicycles are more spread in terms of share fluids. Yes, there are mm-hmm. perhaps two additional considerations
0: uh, from a broader perspective. Uh, the first is we have to uh, accept that the survey was mostly carried out during the COVID pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, the, uh, the figures on walking might be a bit higher than one would usually expect because public transport was not all the time systematically available. And the second is, of course, I mean, this is a snapshot and it it will be very important. I mean, it's a basis for research and it will be very important to repeat this type of exercise in the future at regular intervals, because with the um, push for digitalization of the transport sector, one would, of course, expect that these figures will also change, notably also on these new new, uh, means of transport that we're just discussing.
1: And do you have plans to to repeat the study? I mean, do you have? I mean, how often would you think to to do it, or are, are there plans to to do it again in a number of years? Or yes, <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, it, it, it's not that I can now put a figure on it that we do it again in
0: four years or in five years, but this is the this is broadly speaking the time of interval that we would that we would consider uh, useful here. Mm-hmm. But yes, I have but, to say, it's
1: an expensive study.
0: <laughs> we hope yeah, I mean,
1: to see the you, possibilities in due course. It's Yeah, yeah you, you can bet. I mean, when, when you see the result, probably, yeah, yeah, it's it's easy to understand that there were a lot of resources put into it. So, yeah, yeah, I hope that we will have the chance to see the new edition uh, the sooner the better <laughs> because it's really interesting data. I don't know, before we move to logistics, uh, would you like to raise any specific point? I, I don't know, uh, some specific dynamic in, in some city country good practice to be underlined?
0: I think I mentioned already the outstanding uh, situation of the Netherlands. I mean that's uh, that's noteworthy. Uh, for the rest, I mean the, the, the study provides you with a really detailed uh, overview about the situation of various countries and, and there are noticeable differences. Also Denmark has an interesting situation.
1: Um, yes. Uh, Okay, so we, we can move to logistics. Uh, I have to admit that, that, that the, uh, the part on logistics, I, I was particularly interested in it because it's, uh, I mean, data is not so um, common. And, uh, and and so yeah, I was particularly interested and, 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 and I learned, uh, I would say more from the logistic part. I enjoyed it more personally. So maybe a few questions about uh, logistics. Um, I mean, one of the issues you cover, of course, is the uh, migration to cleaner fleets. Um, I mean, could you share a word, maybe, on on, on these, um, um, yeah, emissions and, and, and the transition migration to to cleaner fleets in in the different cities in the study?
0: Yes, of course. Some cities showed some important shares actually of full electric vehicles in, in, in the fleet use. Uh, Stockholm is standing out for light, good vehicles, more than 50% are already electrified. Uh, Rotterdam was for heavy, good vehicles, uh, uh, displaying 14%, which is uh, comparatively quite a quite, uh, high number. So there are some, some cities really standing out. Uh, again, full details are in the study. Uh, those are the ones that I would mainly would, would, would mainly uh,
1: mention. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe you want to share with us, I mean, the study also analyzes the, the barriers for this migration. I don't know if you could elaborate a little bit, huh? share with us the uh, what are the barriers that are perceived by the entities managing the fleets to, to migrate to cleaner vehicles.
0: The main barrier is uh, lack of resources in operational, economic, and financial terms when it comes to adopting low-emission logistics, uh, and that is across the board. Uh, some respondents were also referring to the lack of support from local authorities. There is the fear of losing comp- losing competitiveness, also for the uh, for the uh, for the. Uh, uh, Operators here. So these are really the the, the main uh, three uh, points that that were mentioned. Uh, at the same time, I mean, uh, companies were informing us about uh, on, upon the question, of course, uh, which are their plans in, in 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 that area. And there, I mean, the main the main. Measure which is being planned is simply to purchase newer or alternative fueled vehicles. As that's the most popular me- measure. There are also other features. I mean, uh, to use uh, nighttime deliveries, uh, more collaborative transport, and uh, develop f- what they call reverse logistics with a more homogeneous uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. Again, what I find found a bit interesting here that the idea to uh, use more cargo bikes currently has a very low share uh, to be seen. I mean, the cost Mm -hmm. is considered too high for the purpose. So uh, that's something which I found interesting. In generally, in terms of migration to the cleaner cleaner, uh, fleets, um, where you can also see distinct differences between the cities that we looked up is the use of uh, cars of different Euro class, the age of vehicles, uh, and so on. So, that type of fuel, so uh, this is something mm-hmm. where you also see noticeable differences between the, the, the cities that we looked at.
1: I think something that I found very interesting in the study is the analysis you make on who owns the fleets and whether whether it's the companies that are saying the things, whether it's uh, specialized companies, logistics companies or companies that are being uh, having service subcontracted by logistic firms. I I think it provides a very interesting perspective of actually who is managing the fleets and that's data I have never seen before. And that's something that I I enjoy particularly in this study. (laughs) <laughs> if, if, sorry for interrupting you. I agree with you because I,
0: I mean, this distribution of the business model used is also something which I, which we haven't seen before, and which I, I personally also agree with you. I, I found the. The result, I mean, uh, quite interesting, on the share of type of vehicles owned by the logistics operator or not. And we have that distinction between deliveries on behalf of industry producers, deliveries on behalf of another logistic operator, and deliveries on own account. And I mean, again, while there is a lot of public attention about deliveries on own account and uh, surrounding questions, they're not the largest category. So it's it's indeed, and, and you, there you also have the distinction between the various cities, 16 cities that we have uh, looked at, with quite distinct differences uh, between uh, the various cities uh, uh, mentioned. I mean, uh, for instance, uh, in, uh, in a city like Milan, the uh, deliveries on behalf of the shippers are the of the producers are the biggest, whereas in a city like Bucharest or Rotterdam, or you also Antwerp, own account is, is, is much bigger, is
1: much mm-hmm. bigger. I, I find uh, one of the points that I, uh, that really struck my attention the most in the in this study is out from data like this one, I mean, who owns the fleets and, and uh, I mean, you introduced this idea that you have places that have a more sophisticated logistics environment. Uh, where you have different pieces, you have very specialized actors that are interacting with each other. Um, I don't know if you can elaborate on that. I I found that interesting. I mean, how you build on specific data in the study, you build this, um, or you reach this conclusion of how there are different systems and there are systems that are getting particularly sophisticated.
0: Yes, uh, that uh, that's definitely a finding of the study. I mean, you, you could talk about something like a logistics uh, ecosystem, which is being available. I mean, sometimes in the literature uh, you also find uh, terminology like physical internet, uh, which one likes or doesn't. But I mean, the underlying issue of having a more integrated approach to urban logistics and providing the appropriate integrated, coherent framework in a city, is uh, is something which we found very interesting to to research, and we found there that Stockholm is the city which which the highest share of deliveries performed on behalf of other logistics operators. Uh, here, it's under the underlying thing is that uh, there's the interconnection of the various logistics operators with a high level of cooperation, and that's, by definition increasing drastically, drastically. The efficiency. So this type, type of uh, integrated approach of physical internet, what have you, as a concept to pool the resources and assets in an open, connected, shared network is working and it's dress, it's really contributing to economic, environmental, and so social sustainability. And it's being successfully found in a few cities. I mentioned Stockholm but probably uh, quite uh, promising for the future. Incidentally, on the Commission side, we, of course, with our legislative uh, plans also want to foster with uh, open data concepts, uh, multi-model open data,
1: mm-hmm. uh, this type of approach. Uh, well, yeah, I would say we can close with this uh, Yeah, hint of the the way forward. I mean, how the logistics and, and the mobility in general—it's it's moving towards a more sophisticated, integrated system. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for your participation in this podcast. Thank you very much for the study, and I hope that this this will act as a good teaser uh, for researchers, people interested in in the mobility logistics transport uh, area, really to get into this uh, study. That it's a uh, really, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a gold mine of very interesting data for, for researchers and everyone interested in this field. So thank you very much, Rolf, and uh, yeah, invite everyone to go back to the study and, and work with the data. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, that was actually
0: the purpose also of the study, to provide this data not just for us in the Commission, but to make it available to the research community, to the transport community at large, as a basis for further further research projects and, uh, and for monitoring
1: what is going on there. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for listening to Transport for Future. Stay tuned for the next episodes.